This is Gross Anatomy, where pop culture meets health culture. Let's get to it. Hi, Allie. How you doing? Good. Welcome to Gross Anatomy, Allie. Thank you. How you doing over there? And do you have a day off? It looks like you're at home today. I am at home. I'm in the guest bedroom hiding out because everybody else is in the other room. So I had to find a hiding spot. You found it? I found the hiding spot. Exactly. Good work. That's always tough. Yes. What is but your... you're not, you don't have a day off. No, I don't have a day off. So I'm reporting to you after a work day. Do we need to talk to your bosses? Yes. No, yeah. they're, <laughs> they're sweet. And I'm going to Mexico. We're editing this out. What? Huh? <laughs> no, we can leave it. They're great. They listen, hopefully. I don't know. I'm going to Mexico this week. So Ooh. I'm excited and was not annoyed about working today. Nice. How long are you going for? I'm going on Thursday and I'm staying the t until the 10th. So like 10 days. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a serious trip. I know. I'm really excited to play. I didn't give you permission to go. I know. That's why we're recording early today. We're ah, recording on Monday. Got it. Where are you going? I'm going to Yalapa, which is near Puerto Vallarta. And I've most people haven't heard of it, and I hadn't heard of it either. I never heard of Ayepa, but of course, Puerto Vallarta, I know. Do you know why I know Puerto Vallarta? It's Yalepa, but no. Tell me why you know Puerto Vallarta. I still don't know Yalepa, <laughs> but do you know why I know Puerto Vallarta? No. It's the love boat. See, you're too young to know about the love boat. But when I was a kid, Saturday nights... Every Saturday night, the love boat was on, I think, at 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. about this, you know, cruise ship. And they always went to Puerto Vallarta. That was kind of I think that was their main start or stopping point. So that's to me what Puerto Vallarta is, is the love boat. It's the love boat. I feel like, well, I'll have to report back if it still has the vibes of the love boat. I haven't. Exactly. I went when I was very little, so I don't mm. remember but this will be a whole new experience. And I'm going to a wedding and I'm going to my first gay wedding, which will be fun. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's my cousin. So it'll be fun. Lots of family to catch up with. Put the a computer away. A gay male away. wedding or a gay female wedding? A gay female wedding. It's a lesbian wedding. It'll be chic and amazing and I can't wait. Nice. I've been to a few gay weddings. They're great. They're really a lot of fun. So I'm excited for you. Thank you. I'll report back after. I'm sure it'll be wonderful. And I get to see my family too. Oh, that's awesome. Are oh, you bringing thanks. Rachel? Unfortunately, she has a wedding the same day. What? I know. She, she has so many weddings. I think I've mentioned to you before all the weddings. She's like an unreal amount of weddings. So we have to split up for that day for the weddings. But then uh -huh. she's coming to Mexico after. So she's avoiding coming with you to the, the to the wedding. Exactly. I'm like, if there was ever a time for us to go to a wedding together, this was the one. But I know. And that would be super fun, too. I know. Well, she'll come to Mexico after and we get a whole vacation together. So that'll maybe be... she feels a little pressure, like it's a wedding. And if we are at a gay wedding, maybe <laughs> maybe it's freaking her out a little bit. I don't think so. She's been invited to nine weddings this year. If she was going to be freaked out, I think it would have happened. She's okay. the pressure would have been laid on okay. her already. Okay. Okay. All right. There was one day though, that she did. I, we were talking about something in our future and we've only been together, not two years yet, I guess wow. in the comparison of Lucas and Liat and all of your 
probably the people around you, they're like nine, 10 years. And she said, kind of blurted out, like, I'm not ready to get married. And I was like, no, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe she did have the pressure at some point. I was like, oh, that's good. Cause neither am I. (laughs) So good. We talk about it. You got that settled. Yeah, we got that settled. But today's not the day for us. But that's not what we're talking about today. Today, we're going to talk about mushrooms and weddings. And my, no, well, <laughs> mushrooms at weddings can be fun, but we're going to talk about them separately. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. What do you know and, about mushrooms? Do you, do you cook with them? Do you ingest so them I, for other things? I don't know a lot about mushrooms in terms of what we're talking about. It's, it's a kind of new, a new thing for me. I certainly know about mushrooms in terms of cooking. And interestingly, my dad, when he had, my dad unfortunately died, I think more than 10 years ago from lung cancer, mm-hmm. but he, when he was sick, got on this mushroom craze a little bit, and he was cooking with all sorts of different types of cool, funky mushrooms mm. because it was supposedly good for him. And that was kind of the first time that I even thought about mushrooms other than white mushrooms or shiitake mushrooms in your salad or something like that. That was the very first time. Oh, wow. So he was ahead of it. He was, I mean, ahead of this second wave. Like it's been around for, as we'll dive into a little bit, it's been around for so long. Like I couldn't even know a date. I was watching a podcast or a documentary mentioning like the Aztecs and how long they've been taking mushrooms, but recently it's had like a resurgence. And he, so he was kind of ahead of the curve on that. Yeah, I guess he might've been a little bit, but, but a lot of the, the Oriental medicine stuff, you know, a lot of those healers and things have powders and tinctures and different things. And they definitely incorporate different types of mushrooms as well. And when you go to like the Japanese market, there are always really cool mushrooms there and stuff like that. But but in terms of really knowing stuff about mushrooms, I'm an idiot. You're never an idiot. We're all learning about mushrooms. I feel like they're coming back. So I learned so much. I was already interested in mushrooms because I had watched, I mentioned this on the last episode, I watched How to Change Your Mind. Michael Pollan's Netflix series. Not How to Train Your Dragon? Similar, but different. Okay, okay. You should watch them side by side and then give me a little report. How to Train Your Dragon is actually one of my favorite (laughs) animated movies. It is a really good movie. And the animation is amazing. But How to Change Your Mind is equally as exciting. Mm. Michael, I just this time rewatched the psilocybin episode where he kind of dives into... Did you just call me Michael? No, Michael talks about um, uh, okay. uh-huh. psilocybin and how it, of course, had such a moment in history years back in other countries. But then it kind of came back in the 50s with a guy named R. Gordon Watson. And he went and met this woman, Maria Savina. And she was an older, I don't want to use the wrong term. She was like a guide, basically, like a psilocybin guide in her Aztec community and she reintroduced he was this guy that was seemingly uptight he worked at JP Morgan Chase in the 50s he and his wife went on this mushroom journey and she reintroduced psilocybin kind of to the western world basically because then they brought it back and it was in these studies including cancer studies and people who were sick were taking it and still have been now and are 
having these effects both physically, but also it's like relieving a lot of mental pressure. Wow. What surprises me a little bit about the mushrooms is that so many people are using them psilocybin mushrooms too it's getting so mainstream and it's shocking regular people which is which blows my mind a little bit you know i'll meet people i'll I'll talk to patients and they'll be like yeah yeah we we are using them all the time and i know nothing you're educating me today oh good i love i love that we can learn together i don't know everything but i it was just interesting you know everything the history i mean i reached out to some experts hopefully we can get them on because i i got really curious about it but essentially the war on drugs kind of made it taboo again so it died down and all of these doctors who had been studying it with their patients were so upset because they were seeing it alleviating a lot of existential dread and ptsd and depression and ocd patients were taking it a lot and then it recently has come back up and they all, they interviewed some of these doctors that used to study it and they felt so relieved that it's now being used again. So I feel like there's sort of this divide where it feels like if you grew up at a time, like shortly after the war on drugs, it feels like a really intense drug. And then if you're maybe younger, 20s, 30s and below, you're kind of interested in it as plant medicine and not so much as a drug. Right. To me, it's still kind of a, a bit of a scary taboo thing a little bit. I have a few funny stories. Should I talk about them? Yeah. So my uncle, my uncle is a psychiatrist and he was kind of my doctor hero. And the only doctor I knew growing up who I kind of, you know, respected and was one of the reasons I became a doctor. And he started out, he's a psychiatrist, but he started out as a researcher and was in a lab and going to get a PhD and everything. And he was studying LSD. That was what he was studying, not mushrooms per se, but still hallucinogenics. And he, back in the day, there was no regulation. You know, he just said he had mounds and piles of LSD all around. And he said one day he comes into the lab and the lab was shut down because I guess his, the, the head of his lab, the principal investigator, I think wound up going on a crazy drug spree and causing, I think he may have even killed someone or did like something crazy and that was it and my uncle never finished his research never went into it but i remember him telling that story about drugs and that made it even more scary for me as a kid a little bit but then we could talk about since we're being totally honest here today i never tried any hallucinogenic and to some degree i regret never having tried any hallucinogenic and to some degree i feel like now at this point in my life and career and age, I'm a little nervous about doing it, A, because I'm supposed to be a responsible doctor, B, I'm supposed to be a responsible parent. So I'm thinking like the guy from um, Little Miss Sunshine, like when I turn 80, if I turn 80, then I'll start experimenting. So in college, senior year of college, I lived with these six other guys. I think there were seven of us living in a house. And we all said this year together, we're all going to do shrooms. That was our goal. Like the start of the year, we're like, let's buy some mushrooms. Let's all go on a, you know, a mushroom trip together. And that was a plan. And, and one of us went, I don't remember which one of my friends went to our druggy group of friends and bought the shrooms from them. We chipped in and then we're like, okay, we have to, it has to be on a weekend that we're all available, all ready to do it. Where should we keep the shrooms? So for whatever reason, I kept them in my underwear drawer. That's that's where they sat. Same and then place. 
Yeah, good place. Yeah. And every weekend, for whatever reason, one of us or two of us weren't available. We'd be like, okay, this is the weekend. And then for whatever reason, because there were seven of us. And it's finally towards the end of the year, we still hadn't done the shrooms. And finally, we're like, okay, we're all available this weekend. Let's do it. We're going to do it. And then for whatever reason, we were like, nah. And rather than do shrooms, we just sold them back to the guys <laughs> who sold them to us. They not knowing that we had bought them from them. So we made a few bucks off of them and pocketed the money. And that was the extent of my doing mushrooms. So right? that was your extent of your almost doing mushrooms. Exactly. They it was stopped. a non-event. <laughs> my underwear did them, but other than that, nobody else got a chance to do them. That's so funny. Yeah, you you were definitely curious and then you something got in the way. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I think I mentioned this to you before, but Michael Pollan also, he had never tried them and then does them on the documentary. And he, I would say is maybe older than you. It's hard to tell, but he's definitely not younger than you. And right. he tries them for the first time as... Uh, I would guess 60 something year old, 50 something year old man. And he details his experience. I'm only 37. In... I don't know what you're talking about. Right. I always forget that. It's just, right, that, you know, you, yeah. <laughs> you've got a cougar for a wife then. Cause yeah, I'm yeah. like, your, your daughter and I are the same age. So right, sometimes right. that's tricky to do the math on, but it's interesting because he, after interviewing some of those cancer patients who had been feeling just so scared basically and depressed it sounds like if anything that it would maybe make you a better doctor not a worse doctor to understand like a mindset that is just like vast they come to this place where they don't fear death and some of them of course who don't pass and they talk about stories of people who have and just how it alleviated any of that worry they had and that they had this bigger picture piece yeah. after that experience so you never know i think that there is this this stigma of like, it's like a scary drug. And I always thought if I tried it, I'm going to see like colors and like little people running around. I, when I even just did a tiny little bit of nibbling on a stem or like having a microdose, I've never seen anything. Like I always thought that was going to be such a thing. I was going to see something. I never saw anything. I've never hallucinated. Right. I've only just felt really relaxed. I don't know. You're just dancing like, a little bit. Yeah. You're, you're it makes me, yeah. It uh -huh. makes me feel like dancing. And also right. I'll notice if I do have some that my, my cheeks hurt cause I'll be smiling uh, so much. That's so yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. only, but I also haven't taken so much that in the study they I think they have them take a pretty significant amount to make these breakthroughs of trying to break through. What do they, they call it? Basically a fancy word for like old brain patterns. Mm -hmm. So they fancy have to give them, yeah, yeah. What, what was it? They gave them plasticity, mm -hmm. trying to encourage the growth of new connections between neurons in the brain. So they had to take more of a significant amount because they were trying to overcome like a specific experience or disorder or process something. Yeah. But even just in the little bits, it's more of been like an opening and a relaxing experience. Yeah. I, I have a feeling it'll happen at some point, but I must confess I'm a little, I'm a little nervous that, you know, what if something goes wrong? Of course. I mean, there's definitely, you got to be careful with anything, everything in moderation, doc, right? There you go. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big believer in everything in moderation. Right. I'm a believer in that. Exactly. And then for anyone but, who doesn't know, I want to just say what psilocybin is. So the article that I, one of them that I read kind of categorized mushrooms into a culinary and then nootropics, which are ones that aren't psychedelic, but that 
might have health benefits. Like we've all heard of lion's mane helping with stress. And also I know a few people similar to your dad who take it to help their physical body and ashwagandha, the same thing. And then psilocybin is the psychedelic side of mushrooms. It says that it is naturally occurring in more than 200 species of fungi. So I always thought it was this one magic mushroom, but there's quite a few. Yeah. And then, you know what I found interesting when they talk about the different species of mushrooms in terms of the functional mushrooms. So the functional mushrooms are the ones that are supposedly not necessarily to cook with, not culinary, but those are the ones that you make powders or put in recipes and things like that to to give you, like what you were saying, sharpen your mind or for health or this or that. But one of them is called cordyceps. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? Yes, yeah. And what did that make you think of? It made me think of what's the scary part? What's the show? The I'm Last thinking. of Us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was, I didn't realize that people are actually using cordyceps as a functional health mushroom when it's from The Last of Us. And it's an interesting, even more scary to some degree. I, don't I know. know. I don't kind know of... how they picked that. I agree. It kind of freaked me out because I had heard of cordyceps in only like a positive way. And of course we hear of negative fungi too, you know, like you don't want fungus in your fingernails or in your athlete's foot or whatever. But after watching the show, trying to eat mushrooms, Rachel and I were like, oh, they look different. It's hard to eat them. And I love mushrooms. So it was kind of freaking me out too. I didn't actually eat mushrooms until medical school. Oh, really? And it was the white regular mushroom, which is still kind of one of my favorites to, in terms of like a salad, you know, just the plain old white mushroom. Mm-hmm. But it, it really wasn't until like I would go out to restaurants, I didn't really develop a like for them until med school, which is pretty late in the game, I think. I'm surprised because, well, now that you're vegetarian or plant-based, I would say, like, do you find yourself eating them more just because they're that umami meaty flavor? Sometimes I love them chopped in a salad and it has to be like I'm doing something specific with mushrooms. But yeah, no, I I do really like them. I love, I mean, one of my fantasies, I don't know if I, I think I may have told you this, was to become a truffle farmer. Oh, wow. I love that. That's that's on my, you know, to do fantasy list. I'll move to the farm with you. We'll just record the podcast and sell some truffle. Exactly. <laughs> the problem with that is it's a long-term commitment. You know, it takes mm-hmm. like three to seven years to grow them. Mm-hmm. And then you don't even know, you know, then they're deep in the ground. and You got to get the so, pig. Yeah, you got to get a pig or a certain kind of dog. There's a truffle dog also. Oh, that, you know, they yeah, only the show the pig. The, I did some research. The pigs tend to eat the truffles, so you have to really be on top of the pigs, whereas Mm. the dogs will just hunt them and find them. But it's a certain kind of dog. But yeah, no, it sounds like a really cool thing to be a truffle farmer. That's not surprising that the pigs eat them, I guess. In retrospect, you might expect that, right? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) But that could be fun, having a pig as your truffle hunter. I know, how cute. I've been taking lion's mane and ashwagandha recently that's a very recent so i can't tell you if it's working in what form the lion's mane i buy a powder and i just put it in my smoothies like you're saying so it's a functional mushroom but right i'm using it in a culinary sense or i've even my uncle was growing them in his kitchen because he tries to eat a lot of them and we chopped it up and put it in a stir fry and it was great nice which mushroom was that 
That's lion's mane as well. It's the one that kind of looks, I, I mean, there's no way to describe a mushroom and it's cute. It kind of looks like- It looks like a lion's mane. Oh yeah, lion's mane. It looks like little hairs or something, like or an organ. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then ashwagandha I have in like a liquid because I was feeling really stressed and it's supposed to really help with stress. I've, I keep reading about it and not trying it. So I'm like, this is the time. Anna, you're not stressed anymore. The reason you're not stressed is because you're going to Mexico in a few yeah. days. I think that's probably part of it. So we're going to give some credit to the ashwagandha and a little bit of credit to vacation is coming. Yeah. No, I'm very intrigued by the whole, fun the whole functional mushroom thing is, is much newer to me in terms of it being an industry and a business. And I, and that's pretty new right now. Mm -hmm. The, the business of functional mushrooms, I think is starting to kind of take a hold kind of like the same way that uh, vitamins are a little bit, it seems like. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that they're really just joining the supplement industry, which is so big and health is so big right now that, that I think it's just going to crush even just as the functional mushroom. And then when it is legal, similar to marijuana, I think it'll just make those brands who are already established so much money. Yeah, I think it's a good place for them to be right now. There are a lot of studies more and more now in terms of medical, in terms of the psilocybin and other and ketamine and all those different substances in terms of, like you were saying, post-traumatic stress, anxiety. Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of those, I don't know how many of those studies are kind of university-based studies because there's so much regulation and restriction behind them. But but I do know that there's there's a lot more study behind it. In fact, a friend of mine who was a guest, we talked, I think we talked about him too, People Science, that's the name of his company. A friend of mine who was a guest on the on the show, a doctor, is very involved in trying to standardize and make it a real treatment for certain ailments. I think that that is not that far off. I know it sounds kind of nuts but after watching you should watch even just a clip of it watching there were some people who really were nervous and didn't believe in it there was one woman who she's pretty religious and said she's just mainly leaned on that throughout her experience with cancer and then her experience with mushrooms which i didn't think about was a pretty religious experience she said she saw the Virgin Mary telling her that this was okay and that she was going to be okay. And there was like a bigger picture and she just felt so much peace after you could tell everybody's experience is so unique that that would never probably be my experience, but you seeing how much peace it brought her was really interesting and beautiful. I grew up with this group of almost like 15 guys that were still all very, very close. Some I've known since nursery school and we do an annual trip every year for the last more than 10 years. And I recently pitched to them. I said, let's let's do a vision quest trip. Mm. And no one took me serious. I, I think they all just called me an idiot kind of thing or a fool. And, and I was kind of serious. I think I was very serious because that, that would be something I would do with them mm -hmm. or my wife. Or the yeah. master injector, but uh, <laughs> but it was it was odd that that none of them. I was surprised that not a single one of them took the, the challenge or what did the yeah. Bait. yeah exactly. People are apprehensive to change. I think it sounds so scary. Even I remember I was trying to give some CBD to someone who's having some pain, and they were like, "Well, I've never smoked and this and that." And I'm like, I think that topical CBD felt so scary to someone who didn't maybe understand that it was separate from marijuana and they weren't going to get high. Like, I think all of these things we don't know about can sound really intimidating. And then if you slow down and 
learn in, in moderation, I think it can be a lot less scary. Or just even if you observe your friend, like it doesn't mean you have to try everything, but just to be present with someone else and yeah. listen, be open-minded, I think is huge. And speaking of the master injector, I saw a big mushroom skincare push while I was, in, which actually inspired this whole episode because I get an email, Rachel told me to get this email called Exploding Topics, and it's the highest searched things on Google or things that are trending on Amazon, skincare products, anything really. I just noticed the skincare ones. One of them was a mushroom that apparently rivals hyaluronic acid, which holds moisture. And it was really interesting. I was like, oh, they're breaking into every industry. It's health, it's food, it's skincare. It's going to be everywhere. So it's something you're going to try to buy? Is that, are you going to try to I don't to know that? if I can, well, I don't, it depends on the price point. We'll have to find out. It's called Tremella Mushroom. Mm. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. It says mushroom skincare is a type of skincare beauty product that is made from mushroom extract. And its growth in the past five years is 400%. So it's also a trending topic. Yeah. Lion's Mane is up there. The interesting thing is how easy it is to grow mushrooms in the right environment. Outside in our yard, every week, these new mushrooms pop up. And I keep wondering, like, what are these mushrooms? <laughs> I kind of want to try them or do no. something. But, yeah, but probably not. But I, it also makes me think maybe it's a good environment to grow truffles. Back to the truffles, but who Back knows? Back to the Maybe. truffles. I don't know if that's the same environment because don't those have to be underground? Your yeah. dogs would find them for sure. Oh, for sure, for sure. Definitely. I don't know if they're trained not to eat them and make yeah. sure they don't eat the mushrooms because disclaimer to everyone listening, we don't know which ones are poisonous exactly, and which ones aren't. Exactly. Do you know what I got once? I forgot if it's a supermarket or like a novelty store has this kit that you could grow your own mushrooms, like in a box. Did you mm -hmm. ever see that? Yeah, I've seen those. We, we got one. It was great. And we, we grew them and then we ate the mushrooms. It was really a cool, fun little thing. Yeah, you can grow them in your kitchen. It just needs to be dark and moist, right? Yeah, you need an so area easy. that you just cover them. Exactly. There was a company in Berkeley. I don't know if it's still around because it was when I think we had just graduated. And it was some seniors or some grad students who were taking the coffee grinds from Pete's, I think, and yeah. using that to make those mushroom boxes. So it was right. like this really full circle moment of we're composting this, basically. It's like a recycling of the coffee grounds for the mushrooms. Exactly. Yeah. Coffee grounds supposedly are a good substrate for mushrooms. Who knew? I mean, I didn't until then. Now we all do. Maybe we can all grow our own mushrooms. And coffee, and there you go. I know. Anything else from you today? What are you watching? We're still trying to finish up and get through Yellowstone. We're, we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're, I think we're in the final season of Yellowstone now. It's good. Just the character Rip. Did you watch Yellowstone? Mm -mm. Don't give the away anything. Rip. Yeah, the, the character Rip, I'm, I'm blanking on his real name in real life, but I should, I should give him a shout out because I think he's probably one of the best TV characters Wow. of all time he really is he, one of the best tv characters his name is in cole hauser cole mm. hauser i really think he's one of the best tv characters of all time he's just like zen but interesting fact is cole hauser the actor was part of the movie with robin williams and goodwill hunting mm. he had a minor role on goodwill hunting and that Cole Hauser from Goodwill Hunting, 
I would never have seen or pictured in a zillion years for him to be Rip on Yellowstone. And my hat is off to, to Cole Hauser and Rip from Yellowstone. Just really just such a great character, such a fun guy to watch. That's amazing. It's what a versatile actor that he can do both very different roles. I'm watching Succession finally. I hadn't, oh. I never started it. And then this past week we were like, we're doing this. So what, you're in the first season though still? Yeah, I'm in the first season. I, I would assume I'm on like episode six or seven. I can't remember, but it's good. I had a hard time. The first episode I watched like a year or two ago, I don't remember. And I kind of didn't get the hype at all. And then recently a friend was describing it and she was like, it's kind of Game of Thrones. It's this political thing. And then I came to it with a new mindset and now mm-hmm. I totally love it and I get it. It's kind of very similar to Yellowstone, actually. Really? It's, it's Yeah, it's kind of not such a great dad with these kids who are vying for, you know, the future. The throne. Yeah, it really is. It's It's actually a very similar kind of premise a little bit. So if you like Game of Thrones, you're going to like Succession, you're going to like Yellowstone and vice versa. Very true. Very true. We're, we also were watching Succession and we started the final season, but took a break to Yellowstone and we're not going to go back to Succession oh. until we finish Yellowstone. Yeah. You guys are so strict. I love it. Yes. Yes. In fact, we were about to start watching and then you're like, are you ready? <laughs> and then you remembered <laughs> we have the yeah. pod. Exactly. Well, you can go back to Yellowstone now. We're almost done. We're part of me doesn't want to finish because I love that character, Rip. Mm, I know what you mean. It's sad to finish a show. Yeah. What character do you like? Anyone from Succession? So it's hard to tell because they're all so they're all showing such bad true colors. At, yeah. You know, at the beginning, I would say Siobhan probably seems the most with it. Like, I wouldn't say she's the nicest. Yeah. From what I've seen, but she seems the most savvy. Yeah, I agree. But I like, what's the main son's, the the eldest son's name again? Oh, Kendall. Kendall. I like Kendall. Yeah. Oh, wait, he's not the eldest. I don't think, I think the oldest one's the one that lives in New Mexico. I can't remember. Oh, right. Well, he's, he doesn't even count. He's so weird. (laughs) But Kendall, even just from the first few episodes, they show this sweet side almost. It's like, he's trying to be so tough, but you can tell he's actually a nice guy underneath. Totally. Which is why you like him. Exactly. But what's his name is amazing too. Tolkien. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. His, his character is cringy and slimy kind of. Slimy, but kind of great. And yeah, despite that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. No, Succession's good. I'm excited you're watching that. That's fun. Thank you. I'm happy to finally be on trend with the show. I haven't been up to date recently, so I feel like I've made it. Cool. And are you going to bring any books or anything with you to Mexico? Yes, I'm finally almost done with Anthony Bourdain's book. It's taken so long. You haven't finished that book? I haven't finished it. Rachel and I were cracking each other up this weekend. She goes, how many times have you read that book? And I'm like, I read like a page a week and I finally just am wrapping it up. I think we talked about that book over a year ago, right? Yeah, but I hadn't started it. Okay. I only started it a few months ago and then I just wasn't picking it up. I don't, you know, I don't want to lie and pretend I finished it. So you're going to bring it to Mexico? My goal was to finish before I went. I don't think that'll happen. I think I'll probably finish it on the plane or right right as I get there. So I'm also bringing Crying in H Mart, which is a book that everyone's been raving about. 
Frying where? Frying in H Mart. It's by Michelle Zahner. I think it's a memoir kind of, but it sounds a little funny too. She talks about her relationship with her mom. And I think she's just writing about being in her 20s. And H Mart is the, is it Korean or just an Asian market? Oh, a market. In okay. LA. Yeah. So you've probably been to one and you just don't remember, but it's supposed to be a wonderful book. So I'm excited okay. about it. All right. Well, let me know if it's worth reading. But just a little, I never really cooked with shallots until mm. I read Anthony Bourdain. I've been cooking with shallots recently too, which is funny. Is it because of Anthony Bourdain talking about it? No, he. I don't think I'm reading so the you book. You didn't where get to that part yet? I haven't been where he's talking about shallots. I just had a doctor who mentioned shallots once. She said sometimes, I don't know, it was so random, but it stuck with me. She mentioned something about having a food sensitivity to onions and that every time she cooks with onions, she swaps it with shallots. Mm. So then sometimes I just, I realized when she said that I never cooked with shallots. So I started buying them and they're great. They are great. I'm excited for you to get to the part of Anthony Bourdain talking about cooking with shallots. Okay. I can't all report back when I finish it. Yeah. It's nothing other than the fact that he said, you know, shallots are, you know, the amazing. Yeah. So it's like mushrooms, I guess. Same kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Shallots were the original mushrooms. There you go. Exactly. Well, thank you for making time on your day off. Thank you for making time on your work day. Thank you. Well, enjoy Yellowstone. I'll chat with you soon. Enjoy Mexico. Be safe. I will. Do do fun stuff. You could go on like a um, ayahuasca trip down there, maybe. I'll be with my mom, so it probably won't happen this trip. But you never know. She's a pretty open-minded woman. We'll see. Your mom's pretty cool. I met her (laughs) once. You never know. She's very cool. She's the coolest. Chat soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. As a reminder, gross anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. 